millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. From the home of time. It is now quite a day for local sport from your local team. This is Charlton Live. Good things come in freeze. Free goals, free points, free wins in a row. We even got free pints in crossbars. More of that, please, lads. Uh, good evening and welcome to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. My name is Louis Mendes. Thank you for joining me here on your Sunday evening. Uh, joining me in the studio uh, live is Mr. Mark Newbury. How you doing, Mark? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, came armed with quesadillas this after, <laughs> after your warning last yeah. week for going out with no food. Yeah, I got, had a yellow card the other day. Yeah. so Quesadillas as well, that's a bit posh for us, but I like it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, you just imagine the thousands of people listening, Googling as we speak. Quesadillas. Quesadilla. Yeah, yeah I, bet, I, I can't even spell it, so good luck to them. Uh, the other voice you heard there is that the grand old man... Of Channel Live. Old man Smudger, how you doing, Tom? Um, top notch. Yeah, you alright? Enjoy yesterday? Uh, yes, I'm going to pick you up on that grammatical lunacy you just got away with. But, uh, Which bit? The free, I mean, three points. Three pints. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. bit. But uh, if, no, we've got food. We've got three points. Yeah. Possible takeover in the offing? What? 
two hours of talking about football? What's not like? If you're going to stop me to pick up on my grammatical errors throughout the show, this is going to take yeah. forever. So <laughs> yeah, yes, this yeah, is right, crack yeah. on, shall we, on tonight's show. Yeah. Uh, we are going to look back at yesterday's 3-1 win over the Saddlers of Warsaw. We're going to hear from Carl Robinson. Uh, we want to hear your guy, uh, you, your opinions on the games as well. So you can uh, email us studio at chartonlive.co.uk. Uh, you can tweet us at Charlton Live. You can head over to the Charlton Live forum. There's a thread on there uh, to talk about yesterday's game. That also, of course, yesterday was the meeting between the Charlton Athletic Supporters Trust and Director Richard Murray. So we're going to hear from Richard Wiseman, the chair of the Supporters Trust, who was at that meeting yesterday uh, to find out what was said. Uh, because obviously it's quite important. It all came about after Card had planned a protest for, for yesterday uh, in order to demand answers. And Richard Murray sort of headed that off and, and decided to arrange this meeting between himself and the Supporters Trust to try and see what assurances he could uh, give to them uh, as, of course, we uh, we go through this uh, painstaking takeover situation. Uh, also, finally, this uh, this evening, our player in focus uh, is Joe Aribo, who scored three goals in his last four games here at the Valley. Obviously kept out of the side by Jake Forster Cassidy, uh, earlier on in the season but he's come uh, he's come in now to partner Ahmed Kashi whilst he's been out injured for Stokowski uh, so I want to know what you've made of Joe Rebo since he's come in over the last few weeks so find the, uh, the tweet about him uh, on our timeline and respond to that for our player in focus this evening just before we get going tell uh, what a great game that well, really oh, that super. second half in particular <clears throat> second half especially and uh, I don't think it's a surprise that uh, you know, we've been saying about how we've missed Tariq Fosu, uh, and I don't want to single him out necessarily because it was a great team performance in the second half, but he, he makes such a difference, uh, and he made such a difference yesterday. Mm. Because um, up to that point, Warsaw were strangling us a little bit. Uh, Stefan Mavadidi aside, we were, we were struggling to get in and around uh, and looking like we were going to score uh, too often. But then uh, Tariq came on, and uh, they just didn't know how to handle him. Uh, mm. And with both in the side, you know, because at times they were like trebling up on. Steffi, even Jay De Silva trying to overlap, there were two, three players on him. Same the other side with Marshall. As soon as Tariq came on, they, they didn't have enough bodies to cope. Mm. Mark, did you in, enjoy that game yesterday? Well, I thought after um, Thursday, a medium of a cashy bet and much derision <laughs> that was going to be 4 0. I mean, we had enough chances. We could have, it could have been 5 6 yesterday. Yeah. So I, I felt slightly vindicated. It wasn't the correct score, but I yeah. felt slightly vindicated that we were yeah. going to. And we just, the attacking play yesterday. I thought was some of the best I've seen this season. That's excellent. I'll take your vindication and donate that to the Upbeats. Because, uh, because How much is a vindication nowadays? Yeah, well, it's, the going rate is nothing, unfortunately, Mark. So uh, so we lost our cashy back bet again, but we came close again. Right, let's have a listen to the highlights from yesterday's win. Uh, this is Terry and Greg over on Valley Pass. And, uh, Tall, uh, the, you can hear fans saying play it forward, but uh, play it forward just to lose the ball has no sense whatsoever. It might not be pretty, but... Nelena now looks at that route one option towards oh. McGuinness and has managed to fall to McGuinness in the pounds here Josh McGuinness shooting chance there's a oh, good no. save from Leah Roberts who dived to his left McGuinness cutting inside looking for that far corner tell you what though when Charlton have managed to find McGuinness he's been getting the better of the Walsall defence 100% and uh, did it again Marshall, yeah. seems to be occupying that left hand side at the moment little step over onto his left foot Marshall ball in the box is good and Rebo first time oh, oh what a goal lovely finish oh what a goal Joe Rebo gives Charlton the lead great ball in from Mark Marshall on the left hand side chips it in and Aribo with a calm left footed volley have found the bottom right corner and Charlton have the lead oh, what a lovely finish that is and good football as well from Charlton Walsall will be asking questions why um, I think it was Edwards cleared it away from the uh, from the goal line when he was uh, if it had just let the ball go it would have been a goal kick but he cleared it away fell to De Silva De Silva picked up Marshall took his man on went past him lovely ball into the box Joe Rebo just watched it drop to his foot and calmly slotted it with his left foot 
past the despairing hand of Roberts. Lovely Chambers finish. Chambers, Arrivo still with it, into Mavadini. Nice turn, Mavadini goes for goal! Bar! Funded it against the bar. Solly wins possession. Oh, he almost got possession again from Charlton and also able to clear. He controls and now will look to try and take on Solly. To his left is Leahy. Leahy, ball in the box, is a decent one. And not Zuma, the smallest man on the pitch. Heads level for Walsall. How he got himself into a bit of space, I do not know. Ball into the box of Leahy. Really poor goal for Charlton to concede. And Zuma with his header, deflects back off the post and into the net. Yeah, well, we said it just now, uh, Chris Solly, then on this uh, Charlton right-hand side, and been given a torrid time from Roberts, and he was teased there. And uh, can, you can see Reeves trying to get it back and, and cover the overlap from uh, Leahy, but he didn't get back quick enough, and Leahy got the ball, ball into the box, and Ostermer just timed his run perfectly. Charlton, I think, was so conscious of Bakayoko's strength and power that they left Ostermer and that little run all on his own, just glanced his head up beyond Ben Amos for the equaliser. The smallest man on the pitch, and that's including Chris Solly. And there's the half-time whistle, and Charlton will be disappointed at half-time. Edwards, who seemingly was a couple of yards outside oh, no. the pitch, and Lennon has taken a chance, and Edwards has got in on goal, plays it across the back of Yoga. Great talents from Concept. Edwards again off the post and cleared out. How's that stayed out? Superb defending by Ezra Conza in the first place. They should have Conza. scored. as that man Reeves picks up the ball. Lovely ball forward ball. to McGuinness, who's through. Joshua McGuinness, one-on-one, straight at the goalkeeper. He parries it back out. Dobson heads down. And that should have been a goal should for Charlton. And Walsall will look to try and counter-attack Otsuma on the left. side now, Tyler Roberts. Able to turn Cashy, and he's done Too really easy. well to work Too a bit easy. of space. And the reverse ball finds Bakayoko, closes in on goal, will go for goal. And it's the side netting, it took a deflection off Harry Lennon, did superbly well to come across. And that could have been 2-1 Walsall. It's not a bad delivery, McGinnis with a head off, off the, the post. post, it'll drop to... Oh, that's, that might be a penalty. Oh, took out Konza, is it? Fosu. I think it was Fosu who got there first. Pile of bodies in and around the penalty. Has to take this. Swings it in, right-footed, it's in there, it's a header! Oh, oh it's saved. saved! Is it bundled home? No, oh, it's oh, not! That stayed out! That stayed out, McGuinness, you had Mavadini, you had Lennon there as well. Nobody save, could force though. it home, but the initial save from Roberts keeps Walsall in this game. Tries to return the favour, Marshall, but Walsall have it back with Dobson out here to Ostomo, but he's, uh, for the first time, lost out to... De Silva, De Silva into the centre circle, Good releases Mavadidi. Mavadidi takes on Roberts into the penalty area. Oh, it's, it's, an goal. Goal. it's an own goal! Oh, it's an own goal, Roberts! Come on! As Charlton take the lead, Mavadidi causing all sorts of problems in the penalty area. Roberts pursued him back towards the edge of the six yard box, and just as Mavadidi was about to pull the strike, he touched it with his right foot and only steered it past his own keeper and into the back of the net yeah he's going to try and claim this to Charles Stryker but I'll tell you what, it's definitely an own goal we have the perfect angle here lovely release from De Silva who lost that as you said Osuma's been excellent for Walsall he lost that on that occasion De Silva brought the ball forward lovely ball to find Mavadidi it's a good first touch though from Mavadidi to beat Corey Roberts gets past him and Roberts just Gets a touch on the ball, and the goalkeeper wasn't expecting it, and it goes into the goal. He's uh, trying to find Fosso. That's good work from Tariq Fosso. Lovely little turn. He's past Roberts into the penalty area. Ball back across. Marshall on the edge of the area. Oh, oh shot over the bar. He's got to do better there, Mark Marshall. Superb work from Fosso. Ball forward. McGinnis underneath this, but Roberts gets a touch, but a long drop to Fosso. Lovely flick to Mavadidi. Into the penalty area, Mavadidi. Cuts back inside, takes a shot. Oh, not entirely sure. But it's crept past Roberts and into the goal for Charlton Sturd. Stevie Mavadidi, as people have rightly said, deserved that goal. 
And John, you feel now, must have the victory. Oh. Steffi Mavadidi. Superb solo effort. Lovely work to uh, from Fosu to flick, with the flick to find him. But the rest of the work was all down to him. And he squeezed it past Roberts for Charlton's third. And for now, it's his goal as well. It's a lovely flick from Fosu, and Mavadidi definitely is onside as well. And it is his goal. He just manages to cut it onto his right foot and poke the ball past the near post of Liam Roberts. And that seals the three points you'd think for Charlton. So it went in slow motion as it left his foot. Lovely stuff there, the highlights of yesterday's win over Warsaw. Uh, thanks to Terry and Greg on Valley Pass. Uh, sorry, the, the recording for the third goal cut out slightly, so you might have noticed a slight issue there. But, I mean, great to hear it again. We were only screaming, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. And uh, well, the, the, the thing that you did point out, Tao, actually, while we are listening back, is we had a couple of scares at the start of that second half, Absolutely, in particular did, yeah. that, that, that chance where Lennon sort of gifted them possession. And uh, it's the first mistake he's made since coming back, I think. Mm. And first proper mistake, I mean, you know, regardless of maybe a few scuff clearances. But... Um, I think uh, he just got wrapped up in the let's play the football out of, and we did that quite a bit playing the football out of defence side to side uh, which the crowd were getting frustrated with at, point, at times but um, uh, Lennon just missed, uh, missed, misread mm. how close the uh, I think was it Tyler Roberts? Um, yeah it was, was Roberts it was yeah. close to him just was misread it Edwards? How close, it might have been Edwards I, been, I don't yeah. know yeah. Um, I can't remember but misread how close the player was and he was able to nip in and uh, if it hadn't been for Esri Konza uh, how he got back and slid in to stop that ball going. I mean, they still should have scored, mind. Mm. Uh, but it might have been a completely different game. They had two chances, real good chances, before we went 2-1 up. Mm. Um, so, yeah. It's interesting, you mentioned there the frustrations from the fans, because we saw um, during the, the pattern of play in the first half, was very much every time we had the ball, we also had 10 men on the edge of their box. They were really sitting back, making it difficult. Um, and there was times yesterday in that first half that I felt you felt the crowd getting a bit frustrated when we were trying to pass the ball around there a couple of times we went back to Amos now I was surprised about that because you know sure, surely when a team comes to set up like that you know you have to pass the ball around and try and tire them out and sometimes you do have to be a bit patient I think that's it it's, it's patience is a key and yeah Russell Slade was a master <laughs> as, as, as fans you, you know you say you want to be attacking and it's really hard for I think it's really hard for any fan to say right okay I, mean, I see what you're doing there you know, you know, and you're waiting for them to come forward and make a gap, or one of our midfielders to make himself open. And if they weren't doing that, then it was easier just to go side to side to side. And you know, I don't advocate the booing of it, but I'm thinking it is quite hard to. I don't know. Uh, for patience, like I say, it's yeah. difficult. But so sometimes, especially when, when you're Charlton at home in in this league, you're expecting your team to be, you know, gung ho. Uh, outplaying teams but like I say other, other teams do come here with game plans and they will make it difficult for you and that's why it has been frustrating at times yeah I mean uh, Wimbledon did exactly the same thing mm. Wimbledon sort of like stopped us I mean it took us to what the 60th minute against Wimbledon to score because they were later than that wasn't it yeah. 60 something and you know I think <coughs> they say we've we have had exciting players and you're thinking if you get the ball to Steffi or Marshall that you want to see them get the ball take people on and it's just not always possible so it mm. comes back and they weren't giving the ball away if you look at our possession we had you know, a lion's share of possession so uh, it's you know I think it's uh, uh, perhaps a signal of where we are as a club and the fan base is, is going to be frustrated that uh, <clears throat> things generally aren't moving fast enough we you know you look at the side we've got and perhaps we should uh, almost certainly should be better than where we are but then considering the injury list and where you know who we've lost um, that needs to be taken into account, and you know there is there was people behind me that the one phrase where my soul hits my boots is get it forward, you know, mm. and, and and there was a few times Lennon listened to the crowd and just punted it aimlessly up there, and then we conceded possession straight away. It's no good to nobody, um, but 
I think it's key, if you look back at when we were doing really well at the beginning of the season, where we had Fosu and Holmes, both players who can run at defences, open them up, so they don't know which way they're going to go, step overs, all, the, all that sort of stuff. And that's when we were doing well. So opposition don't have enough players to man mark, you know, t- as I said earlier on, sometimes two, three players on them. They haven't got enough players to do that when there's more than one of them. Mm. And that gap we've had is because we only had Ricky Holmes. Well, now we've got Steffi Mavadidi come, coming in to the side and now Tariq Fosu coming back. And as I said earlier on, the difference in our play when mm. Fosu came on was, was not... Alan Arebo is not afraid to drive Joe's forward good the ball at it as, as well. well yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, really. If you think about those passing moves in the first half, it's almost the perfect metaphor for the takeover, really. It's taken ages, but you know something good's <laughs> going to come, come a bit at the end. I like that. Well done. <laughs> uh, the, the, the big team news beforehand was the return of Chris Solly. I mean, how influential... Uh, can he be for us? Yeah, out out for uh, out since December the sixteenth. Um, we've had a couple. Uh, we've had a few people, I'd say, this year saying, "Oh, Solly's not quite up to what he used to be." I, I mean, are you of that view, Mark? I am actually. I, I know how much of that is down to his personal fitness and the injuries. I don't know. I, I don't think he's been um, as solid as previous years. But I think when you set yourself such high standards as Chris Solly has done over the years, I mean, he's still terrific, but it's not as terrific. As he as he mm. was, kind of thing, and it's something we've we've been spoiled because you used to know if he had a one on one with a with a tricky winger, he would win, and mm. now you you worry slightly because you're thinking, you know, a lot of goals have come down from that side. It's not just him; he's not the only player on the pitch. But you know, I'm not a case of get him out. I'm thinking if you look at the back four. They're, what, 20, 20, 19, and what, Chris Ollie's 25? 20, 27. 27 birthday yesterday. Okay, yeah. 27. So, you know, it gives you that touch of ex- more experience to have in the back. Mm. And I'm not sure how old Amos is either. I mean, but he's mid-20s, mid-20s yeah. as well. So when you've got such a youthful back four, I think you need to have an older head in there somewhere. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think um, I'm going to... I split my own opinion on this a little bit because I agree to a certain extent. I think clearly Chris is uh, is is not at the peak he was, no question about it. But I maintain that much of the the, the attacking prowess from Walsall that came down that side came because um, as soon as Mark Marshall switched to the opposite side and, and Ben Reeves came across, uh, Marshall was helping out Chris Solly a lot in that first sort of twenty minutes. As soon as he swapped sides, we were left hopelessly exposed because uh, their um, uh, their left back. Uh, with um, Leahy started overlapping constantly and so Chris Solis then got two players because Reeves's backtracking was almost non-existent and that's how the goal came because Leahy did the uh, uh, overlapping you got Chris Solis trying to mark Roberts who was one of their best players and he had a, t- he had a tough afternoon um, uh, Chris Solis I thought because of that second half as soon as Mark Marshall switched sides again when Tariq Fosse came on Leahy almost non-existent and he got, clabbered, he got cl- uh, clattered later on in the second half and so it was even less influential but almost nothing then started to come down that side so what what happens though with that is that it stunts what Mark Marshall can do in the opposite direction mm. uh, and that's a problem going forward I think yeah Solly uh, also t- took a book in sort of early on there it was a, it was a horrible pass towards he him I to think it. it was from Lennon <laughs> and he, uh, Solly did everything he could to uh, to keep it in on his chest but the, the, the Walsall man could see that if he kept that in the only way he's going to do it is by leaving the ball for me. And he took it out and Solly just wiped him out. And so gutted, because it only occurred to me 10 minutes later, I was like, oh, I could have made a birthday card joke for his yellow card there. Uh, but I didn't. But in in terms of chances in that opening half hour, 25 minutes maybe, it was, I think we saw a long shot over the bar from 
from Reeves and they're, they're, I say fans getting frustrated as we tried to build up a couple of times the, the ball went into the box and McGuinness actually brought it down quite well had an effort from a, a tightish angle that the keeper touched wide that he might have squared it was a decent effort though I think Josh McGuinness had one of his better games except mm. for the two bits where he really needed to and that was in front of goal yeah. which sadly uh, or the one was a good save from the keeper and, and I actually thought uh, Josh should have pulled it back to the edge of the box but um, the second one when he was through one on one in the second half you can, I mean, whether that's lack of confidence, I don't know, mm. but um, he should score. He's, those he's, he's still doing his graft, but exactly well. the rest of the game now. At the back, and that's why. I mean, I, I, someone was tweeting me during the game yesterday, and I understand when a goal when a goal scorer is not scoring goals, and it's frustrating as I'm as frustrated as anyone. I understand that you know overall we might need a rest in terms of in front of goal, but he still brings stuff to the team, and I, you, know, you can't question his work rate as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm a bit, I'm not one who's going to really kick him while he's down at the moment, but he, he probably does need a rest. I'm not going to not going to say he doesn't, but. Well, I think as a foil for um, for the, the other flair players we've got, it's perfect because he won pretty much everything yesterday in the air. Uh, he was giving uh, the two centre halves a torrid time for the most part, and uh, the only bit that's missing is that is that goal, and he got a bit unlucky hitting the post as well. So, you know, I think um, goals will come if they're if they're given to him on a plate. I think that will happen. Um, his confidence now is uh, is such, I think, in front of the goal that it has to be on a plate. The first mm. first couple, I think, just to get him running again, but. If it allows the likes of Mavadidi, um, Fosu, Aribo, uh, Jada Silva to a lesser extent going forward, if it allows these sort of players the freedom to be able to get into the box and uh, while uh, Josh occupies the other two uh, centre-halves, then why not? And if it works, if it continues to work like it did yesterday, does it matter? <laughs> exactly. Right, the opening goal did come on the well, just beyond the half-hour uh, across, I think it came in from Marshall, and it, it actually caught me unawares. I sort of only just looked up as it went in, so I was lucky they had replays on the big screen. But uh, a really calm finish from Jerry Rebo. That's three goals in four games now at the Valley. And showing, I mean, in, in terms of we, we're enjoying seeing Forster Kasky when he's been playing, arriving into the area. I mean, Rebo's now really brought that onto his game, and it's something that. In the last season, start of this season, Carl Robinson has been saying Arriba needs to score more goals, and now he is. Yeah, I think possibly a lot of it's probably down to Boya and coaching, because you've got a midfielder in Boya who used to do that, and I think he can see you know something in Joe and what they've done on the training ground. He must have said to him, right, you've got time your runs, you've got to get into those positions, and you can finish. Um, no, it's Marshall did the right thing. He's knocked it, and he's hit virtually a first-time cross. He's not tried to beat the guy again and again. You know, okay, it's gone past Josh, but Joe's in the perfect position. Lovely side foot volley. You know, I'm surprised with their defence left let him do that because he was no one near him. Mm. So but that it is was what a good can goal. happen when when, yeah. you, when you're a midfielder ghosting in. That's why they want you to do it because sometimes you don't get picked up. I guess. And, uh, I think the smart thing was, and the really thing that impressed me on him was he didn't just try and hit it. He didn't just try and you know really just smack the. Uh, the ball into the back of net. He calmly placed it beyond the keeper, and that mm. that shows a maturity beyond his years. I think. Yeah. Uh, do you think Carl will have a decision when Forster Kasky's back? For a big game? one, yeah, yeah. I think, uh, as I mentioned before, maybe the the, the one area that uh, I mean, Joe seems to have got the uh, the going forward bit, no problem at all, and and on the you know his, his close control and his the use of his feet is, is you know is, is brilliant, but probably the one area that uh, he still has to work on a little bit more is is the defensive part of things because. Uh, Probably um, it was either him or, or Kashi uh, didn't uh, didn't pick up the run of Oshtuma for that for that first goal mm. uh, into the box and nobody should be allowed to run whether that was his job or, or uh, Kashi's I don't know but um, you know something from midfield's got to track back and, and stop that from happening um, yeah. because he came from deep uh, so but you know that, um, that's nitpicking a little bit to be honest because I think he's a fantastic player a mm. superb player. 
Yeah, so much potential, so young as well. Um, only a couple of minutes later, we nearly had a, a second goal. Steffi Mavadidi, I think Arsenal owe us a new crossbar because <laughs> one of their employees has snapped the current one in half. A superb effort on the edge of the box. It's such an explosive talent, uh, Steffi. And you know, we only I think we only got him for five games last season before his injury, and we saw flashes of it. But now we're really seeing... Uh, the potential that he has and you can see why he's at a big club like Arsenal oh that's it I mean he's got such amazing quick feet and the way he turns on the ball where he's he's one side of it and then he spins over the top of it and then he's suddenly facing the defender so the defender's expecting him to drop a shoulder and then he's suddenly facing him and I think that's what's giving him a chance to ghost ghost round and when when he hit it I'm thinking it would have been a sort of a one man highlight reel of his goals mm. He, seems, he really seems to be enjoying his play as well. I've had um, Carl Andrews has been doing our photos now for for Charlton Live, and some of the photos he's got Steffi like big, big smile on his face after he's after his goal as well. Like when he certainly seems to be enjoying it now. Uh, it was it was four minutes before half time that uh, the smallest man in world football uh, headed a uh, an equaliser. Uh, Aaron Otsumo used to be on our books as a youngster. Played uh, played for Dulwich Hamlet. Scored. Hundreds of goals, it almost it seemed for Dulwich Hamlet in a couple of seasons there. I think he played in Turkey and then he came back to Dulwich, uh, and, and that gave him the, the step to get. I think he ended up at Peterborough before going to Warsaw as well. So, uh, you know, <laughs> have we lost out there? Is that one we, we, we let go when we when we should have uh, kept him back in the well, days? I mean, yes, well, I suppose you could say that. I mean, <laughs> maybe, it, lovely, yeah, maybe it's his height that stops because he should be playing at a, a higher level than League One, shouldn't he? Well, it's hard clearly, at all, isn't clearly it? their best player, yeah. clearly yeah. their best player by a mile. And uh, I mean, he scored uh, thirteen goals from this season out of uh, I think that's probably half, or, or maybe just less than half the amount of goals they've scored totally. So he's so important to them, and and even at their place, um, he ran that midfield to a certain extent when when we allowed him to. Such a good player, and uh, he just—he's a busy player as well. He never never leaves you alone for a minute. He's one of those annoying players if you're playing against him. But mm. uh, you just—you look up and he's there. Um, and never gives you a moment to settle. So, yeah. a really good player, and uh, I'd have him in our side, no question about yeah. it. And Carl was clearly upset with the way we did concede that goal, though, because uh, similar in fairness to our goal with Aribo arriving in the area, here Road arrived in the area uh, unmarked and, and headed it beyond the goalkeeper. Yeah, it's difficult when you've got two six foot two centre halves and the balls were headed in by a five foot three Sabut- well, maybe, Sabutio player. Maybe they literally <laughs> couldn't see him. <laughs> he popped up yeah. like a gopher yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's, no I, I, I thought he, to be honest even though we won 3-1 I thought he was the best player on the pitch yesterday yeah. I really, no I did I, th- I thought the way his movement if he had other players in their team like him they'd be flying up that league but you know obviously he's mm. surrounded by lesser players as it were yeah he's certainly he's certainly highly rated if not highly statured uh, Aaron Otsuma now so the start of the second half like I said we had that massive let off where, where Lennon got, got caught perhaps not uh, not uh, unawares of, of what was around him, and uh, gave it to to Edwards. Uh, it was a bizarre sequence of play, really. So he squared it. The, whoever was in the middle was looked looked like an absolute certainty to score before an excellent bit of last ditch play from Konza won it back. But then it went back to Edwards, and he looked certain to score, and he somehow hit the crossbar uh, from about a yard out. And so a, a bit of a let off. And then we go straight down the other end, and Josh has that big chance as well. And like we've already mentioned it, but. I mean, he's desperate for a goal now, isn't he, Josh? That one-on-one Very straight true. to the keeper. <laughs> I think we're all desperate for him to score. I mean, it would been better if he'd have mishit it because he hit it far too well and straight at him. If he'd have, if he'd have scuffed it, it might have gone past If him. anything, Josh is too good. Well, yeah, yeah. That, that's the way I'm going for yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, yeah, it was a let-off because you, you know that uh, if Walsall had got their noses in front, then the rest of the game would have been mm. like every man behind the ball, not giving us any 
space at all and would we have been able to break that down you, you'd like to think so with Tariq Fosu coming on but who knows yeah exactly yeah it was a very different game and it was uh, not long into that second half that Fosu did come on now I mean we've missed him badly for the last I think it's over two months since he uh, since he played, still our, he was our top scorer when he went out, and he's still our top scorer now, and that, that probably says a lot about the form we've been in recently. But just, I mean, I was uh, when I was walking down to the ground before the game, other half Amy sort of said, "Oh, I see, see Fossu's back," and I said, "Yeah, but you know, to be honest, I'm not expecting too much because when a when it's a flare player, yeah, when a flare player comes back from injury and stuff, it can take a while." But I was proved massively wrong there because he was quality well Carl had said he'd been on fire in training yeah. um, so I'm, I've, I, when I heard that I thought that's more, more injuries <laughs> <More injuries, yeah. laughs> um, but I, th- I was I was pleased that he gave him such a long time I, th- I think you know he came on five minutes into the second half you know for Reeves I think possibly the, the best move he could have made you know I can't say who else he could have taken off um, and gave him 40 minutes to run and he, and he did and I think every time he got the ball you just thought oh yeah something's going to happen here and mm. you know he's he's a bit like Marshall in a way is that he doesn't give a ball away. He's got such good tight control. He's going to get hit. He's going to get knocked. But you don't see him really sort of like knocking it too far mm. ahead of him. He's got it almost tied on a shoelace on the end of his foot. Um, there was there was one touch, and I think we we're already two or three one up at the time on the on the left hand touchline right near us. I mean, how he touched it, kept it in, and moved it all within the space of about half a yard mm. beyond his mouth. It's unbelievable. And then he burst into the air and pulled it back for a great chance as well. And that shows. I mean, like you say, the silky touch and the close control uh, that that he has. Now we saw, um, we, we we saw we started seeing half chances. I think Mavadidi had a go when he went near post when Arebo was calling for it on the on the penalty spot, and we also had a, a header from a corner that was flicked away. Then they had their probably their last real decent chance when Bakayoko was slipped through, uh, and his shot deflected into the side netting. Um, and then we hit the post, and you've, it's McGuinness again. You're thinking, oh, at that point, and then followed up with that scramble. I think, oh, it's, just, it's not going to happen, is it? No, and you need a bit of luck. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, um, you you sort of felt always oh, writing on the wall here. We're going to have uh, we're going to have all the play, and then we're going to get it with a sucker punch, or we're just not going to break him down. Um, and just uh, every now and again, you just need a little bit of uh, a bit of assistance, and that's mm. what we got. Yeah, and yeah, especially after I mean, that scramble we saw when Arebo headed it, and uh, Lennon couldn't fit, uh, force it over the line, and then and then the goal comes. Now, just a, a point to make here. Now, the last twenty minutes, I mean, we battered them, mm-hmm. and if you look at in that first half now, and this is all part of it, that first half where we're passing the ball around, they're running around trying to stop us. You're going to get tired, and the last twenty minutes, our fitness and our quality is going to show through, and that's why we turned it on in the second half, and that's why in the first half you do have to be patient because you know what we're doing. No question about it, and I think uh, it's. I mean, you, you're never hundred percent sure, of course, because you know you're relying on the opposition tiring a little bit more than uh, than they would normally by playing it like that. But it's a percentage game, and uh, when you've got players who uh, um, the, the the type of players we've got <clears throat> and and the type of players we've brought on that can expose that quite painfully for for Walsall's point of view then um, it's a good game plan mm. you do wonder if uh, um, Liverpool the Liverpool side of the 80s would have survived this this current era because that's all they did for for best probably 70 minutes of the 90 was play it across the back four just trying to force the, the opposition out to them so they could pick them off um, and that involves a, a level of patience yeah uh, and when the goal did come, it was, it was I can't remember who, who was it. You slipped Mavadidi through. Was it um, De Silva possibly or Fossu? It, I, I think it was De Silva for the second Fossu was the second one. I think it was De Silva for the first. Yeah. So um, uh, and and Mavadidi's going through, and you, you 
you, you feel confident when he's going through that he's going to be able to poke it beyond the keeper, but I mean, he doesn't even have to bother these days. He's got, <laughs> he's got someone in to do it for him. It's just that mind control he must have as well. They just say, right now, shoot for me, please. Mm. I mean, that, 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 that says a lot, really, when the best line of defence you can think of is Ardiscore. Ardiscore an own goal. Well, he didn't really have much option. I mean, he could either tackle Steffi and foul him, penalty, mm. red card, potentially, yeah. or he can let him go and see if Mavadini misses mm. from. Three three meters, which he's probably not going to do either. So, but like I say, it's really, it happened right in front of me because yeah, I'm right behind the north. And I, I enjoyed hearing about your reaction. I yeah, I, I danced like <laughs> a we're, we're lunatic. Be, yeah, trawling. The There'll video. be footage of that somewhere. <laughs> me embarrassing myself. Yeah. League show highlights now <laughs> to see if we can find you dancing when when that ball's rolling in. <laughs> uh, I was really happy. I was I was really relieved when that goal went in because as soon as that went in, I felt right. Here we go. We're, we're going to finish this game off now. First time we scored two. Uh, two goals in a league game since the two all draw with Peterborough which is an incre- incredible thing that was back at the end of November yeah, those points must have been stacking up in the uh, <laughs> box, <wasn't they>? yeah <laughs> uh, yeah exactly yeah and um, uh, there was uh, so we had that bit of skill from Fossil on the touchline just before that he had a uh, incident where he went down in the penalty area uh, Carl sort of hot said to me after he felt it was a penalty did you have a view on that I thought it, was a bit, it would have been soft I th- yeah I think that's the key I mean <laughs> it's one of those I think I said it on comms that it, if it's a foul everywhere else in, in the pitch except the penalty area because in the penalty area I think the referee's got to be 100% sure that it was a, a you know especially if it's a stop scoring a goal uh, it was sort of marginal obstruction stroke foul and as I say if it had been outside the penalty area we'd have probably got a free kick mm. but it's one of those ones you very rarely get inside mm. uh, so there was one more let off really where Walsall were breaking uh, away I think Ozuma didn't square to the man at the far post but then we finished it off with Mavadidi uh, again that direct run in gets towards uh, you know cuts inside onto his right which he does so well uh, finishes the, the keeper got a hand onto it but it's just too much uh, too much spice on that one for him to keep it out it did sort of go in slow motion though didn't it? yeah it was lovely when he takes it though, burst between the two players and you're thinking, you know, which 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 top corner are you going to belt this? And he's just like, no, I'll just roll it very slowly. I don't even think it made the back of a net. Well, it's that so first it's... cutback he does. Yeah. He does that cutback where uh, where you think just shoot, just you know, you're one on one with a keeper, just just leather it past him. Uh, but he chose to drag it back to his right foot, and you're thinking, oh, is the moment gone? Just mm, at yeah. that point, you're wondering mm-hmm. if it has. But uh, he's too good for that. And uh, so the, the the final whistle goes with our three points in hand, three wins in a row, uh, cementing our place in the playoffs. The, the most interesting stat was I remember only it's literally three games ago, uh, people were saying, "Oh, we're, you know, we're all saying, oh, we're only playing for sixth now. We're eleven points behind Bradford now. We've won three and they've lost all three. We're now two points behind it. It's incredible how quickly that's changed. And uh, you know, <laughs> all of a sudden I'm looking up again. You know, we, I think we've got a two point cushion in the playoffs, but we, we're starting to climb up the chance to climb up into fifth again and keep trying to keep on moving up. Well, I think you know, other teams are going to be looking at us, and we're not going to be too happy that we've managed to get a bit of form. I mean, I think people looked at us before the start of the season and say we were potentially one of the, you know, top three, top four teams in this division. And, you know, we had the bad period and everyone went, oh, you know, typical. But if, you know, if players are coming back fit, which is every week if we can get a player back and there's a competition and there's maybe some new players coming in, you know, I think we could hit the rest of the season quite strongly. Well, we've got 16 games, isn't it? Something like that left to go, um, roughly, uh, of the season. Um no, a bit more than that. Actually, it might be nineteen. Actually, thinking about it, yeah, so I have to give know, a calculator right. yeah, so it's a lot of points to play for, and and of those teams that have got, we've got to play Bradford here. We've got to play Shrewsbury. Um, I think we've got to play Blackburn again, have we? Yeah, I think um, four of the top five have got to come in. Yeah. So uh, I mean, it's only we're going to be played twice now. I think so. Um, 
you know, if, if they're all going to be huge games. And uh, if we can take points off them, mm. as well as keeping the run going, who knows? With those players coming back as well. Right, Indeed. we want to know what you guys uh, made of yesterday's game. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Game. Uh, what are you going to make of what Coralmanson is about to say here on Charlton Live? You can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at Charlton Live. Head over to the Charlton Live forum. There's a thread on there. Uh, and we'll go on to your correspondence after we hear from Carl Robinson. He came in to speak to Terry after yesterday's win. 3-1 home win over Walsall. <coughs> I thought we deserved it. Um, I thought Odenezer's tackle. Um, I thought we, we created many, many more chances to win the game. More conclu- more convincing than that. When you think they've been... They've been uh, like the result they had on Saturday. They're not a bad team at all. Um, and today we looked really at it. Uh, we were patient in the first half, which was good. And their goal came right against the run of play. Um, and sort of knocked us a little bit and knocked our confidence for the next five, ten minutes or five to seven minutes, whenever it was the goal towards the end of the first half. Second half, we came back out and we we, we, we were good. You bossed it. And then you brought Tariq on uh, in it for a second half, almost virtuoso performance uh, and uh, showed what we'd been missing. That's why we signed him in the summer. He was someone that we, we had wanted right from the word go. Um, I'll be honest with you, I'd like to Tariq, if he would have been fit, I don't, he could have been a very sellable asset. So I'm half glad he wasn't fit in some ways and he can, we can uh, now enjoy his talent for the next few years, hopefully, and, and he can really grow and develop with the football club. He's got to keep his feet firmly on the ground, he's still got things from, to, to improve. But I think, obviously, Steffi again today as well, having I mean, this young team, it, it gives us tremendous energy. It's a pleasure to work with him, it really is. Is it as infectious as it looks? Because yeah, uh, it seems to pick everybody up. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That sort of yeah I, I laugh at that because yeah, yeah, they keep us all young. Keep me, Bo and Jacko young, and uh, music's rubbish. But uh, <laughs> the dancing's a bit better than ours. But no, it's good. And then you got like so Len and Dill, Ben, Reevesy, and, and and you sort of got souls. You, you really sort of keep the older ones, keep it a little bit more sensible. Um, and then you have got the young kids who are just high on life and uh, and playing football for Charlton. And you can see that, can't you? There's a buzz about them, there's a spring in the step, which is enjoyable to watch. I, I, before the game, we, we two games on the on the bounce, two wins on the bounce, uh, almost like a, I suppose, a siege mentality in those sort of two victories in, in, with what was going on and around mm. the ground. Today was different, I thought. Today was a, a different very short, yeah. absolutely, yeah. And, and we were we were confident on the ball and we yeah. were trying stuff. And yeah, I know like, people get sometimes frustrated, but you've got to realise that you, you can't just play forwards all the time. I know people get frustrated with that, but you've got to move them. And, and our game plan today and we did a little bit too much was we felt when we come back to Ben if we could get into Josh from that they were in a, they were in a very high press 
made it very difficult for us to try and get out. And we almost played into that trap second half. We, we, we went through one or two things that we knew were going to improve us. And the players took it on board and it was, that was the case. I think um, Mark Marshall, going back across to the right-hand side, stopped Roberts really from coming forward as, as often as he was in and Lee overlapping. Yeah, we, we felt it's nice to make a change to make us better. And uh, you must be you must be delighted um, with what's going on as well. Of course, <laughs> losing. I mean, it, I said it in the intro in the, to lead up to the game. You know, losing uh, Ricky Holmes uh, could be seen as, as 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 a sort of terminal problem. Yeah. But with uh, Tariq coming back to fitness, signing Steffi, uh, and as I said, the infectiousness of of their play uh, against the rest. Yeah, of the but side it's now. important. It's important that you take all, all all things in the same manner, results and defeats. Um, we have the summer to enjoy or to, to reflect or to be negative about whatever we've achieved or not achieved. Um, but we're actually in the midst of something. The more and more you focus on negative things, negative things will actually turn out to be a reality um, and, and compound bad things as well. We have to break free from that and break the change and move forward and fire the engines up. And it's, it's a buzz around the training ground at the moment. Uh, three wins obviously does that as well. There's a buzz in the dressing room. Um, I had them have a drink on the coach for the first time ever in my managerial career on Saturday because I felt they deserved that I thought they went through. On Saturday, um, and and there's a togetherness in that group, which is which is pl- which is pleasing to see. And yeah, it's infectious. You could see us all laughing on the bench, and it, it is. We're a really close group of people, and, and we really care for the team that we work for and play for. Uh, and it shows on the pitch, and it shows in, in the three wins now that, that we've had, and uh, um, vital wins really, because you know we've we've dropped points against lesser teams, if if you yeah. use that word in in the past, in the previous weeks and months and even seasons. So uh, actually, putting teams like this to the sword. Uh, must give you a real buzz as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember sat with only four or five games to go, and I think we were on forty-six points last year. So it was uh, we couldn't get off that number, and uh, we get to that tally very, very quickly this year. Um, it should be quicker. We should have. We should be above fifty by now. But it's not. You can't dwell on that. You, you can only control whatever's ahead of us. I think there's seventeen games to go. Is it something like that? So it's, it's a lot of football still to play. A lot of points to play for. Um, and you've got to make sure that you, you treat every single game with the right amount of intensity and application and desire. But take your chance when they come along. But the scoring three goals will give us that little bit of a boost that I think we've needed. Yeah, ten games, ten days to go. Sorry, in this uh, dreaded transfer window, you've uh, you've um, mentioned before you've got the money to spend on the salaries at least, and, and there's I know there's at least one loan signing possibly coming in. Are you more scared about losing anybody than than um, signing people? Yeah, that's got to be. We've got to be on our toes for that. It's been a difficult week still. People, it looks really smooth from the outside, but it's been hard. It's been a very tasking week for all of us, um, and, and we've got to make sure that we keep it strong. I think from an ex- external perspective, even you wouldn't have seen that, but everybody around the building just worked wonderfully hard. I'm so proud of everyone. And uh, on to on to Blackpool next week. Sunny uh, Blackpool uh, in January. As long as as long as the weather holds, uh, but you'll be confident for that one now. Yeah, it's going to be hard. It's going to be really hard, but they all are. There's no, it's no easy game of football, unfortunately. And, it's not like on the continent where you can predict an awful lot of victories and, and how it's going to move manoeuvre. And in our game, in our country, there's an unpredictability that's unrivaled to anywhere else because we have a better dedication and application to what we would do. Um, so every game, if you don't con- conduct yourself in the right manner with the same respect, you'll find yourself getting beaten. That's a 100% a fact. So we've got to go with the right mentality. There's an amazing amount of respect for Gary and his players and for their fans of what they do as a, as a, as a club. And then we've got to go there and we've got to perform to the best of our ability as well. But certainly this, this doesn't look, look, look like a football club in a place where it is with the fans in there and the players in there today. And hopefully we can kick this on and move forward. Well done today. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Cheers.
done superbly well to win it off of uh, Maloney. And now set up Ahern Grant on the left-hand side of the penalty area. Ahern Grant, little step over, ball back across, oh, behind everybody. It's going to be picked up by Forster Kasky on the other side of the penalty area. Forster Kasky, left foot shot. Oh, what a goal! Oh, what a finish! Oh, oh, oh. what a belter from Jake Forster Kasky to absolutely round off a glorious afternoon for the Addicts. Welcome back, it's Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. Good to hear from Carl Robinson there, the Charlton manager, came in to speak to Terry after yesterday's win uh, in good spirits. Also now, of course, he mentioned uh, loan signing. Now, he, he sort of said it in all these interviews yesterday. He said um, uh, there's one loan signing that he believed he'd got over the line yesterday um, and a different one. And then there was a different one that we all knew about that he's still working on. So that was Sully Kai Kai, the Palace player that we all know about. Now, the other one we knew was a striker, uh, Polish, and now Richard Corley. Uh, you can always trust old uh, big dog Corley to uh, to dig uh, to do some digging and find out who he is. He believes it's a Mikel Zyro uh, will be joining us on loan from Wolverhampton Wanderers. Just checking out his stats. I mean, uh, he's got he scored three goals in his first couple of games for for Wolves. Uh, then he, he suffered a nasty injury by that split, so he hasn't played too much football this season. Uh, I think he's only he's only had a couple of appearances. Uh, uh, both in the EFL Cup earlier on in the season, obviously that's a Wolves team. Actually, he flying in the Championship, although uh, apart from the last couple of weeks. But uh, so, so not an easy uh, team to be breaking into when you're coming back from injury. So, I don't know much about him other than he's a tall Polish left-footed striker. <clears throat> well, I've just seen a few Charlton fans, <coughs> excuse me, have, uh, have mentioned it on Twitter, and uh, one of uh, some some Wolves um, fans have, have replied back. One says he's tall, strong, and quick, can play as a winger or a striker. Great personality and attitude as he had to battle back from one of the worst injuries ever suffered by a Wolves player. So, um, and the other one says, you know, he hasn't played regularly in a in a in a top championship side, but that, you know, it might be too intense for him to come straight back into a uh, high flying championship side. So it could be a perfect outlet for him. Um, but you'd, you'd you'd guess if he is a strike, if he can play as a striker, that's where we'll potentially use him because um, you know with Tariq coming back now with Steffi with uh, uh, Mark Marshall, we're a bit um, oversubscribed on wingers, aren't we? Mm. Uh, well, yeah, and also loan players is, is the only. Uh, well, that's another thing. Yeah. The problem, yeah. So I think I think so. If if we get Kai Kai and this and this striker Zyro, I'll find out how to pronounce his name at some point. Um, I think will that make us four or five? Possibly, I think it's five. And maximum you can have in a, well, in a match day. So you got De Silva and you got Amos as ben well. Amos so and De Silva. I think that's Steffi. it. So because obviously our oh, Steffi as well. Yeah. So that would be five. Be five yeah. Be so, five. And obviously you can only have. I think you can only have five in your match day squad or something. So it'd be interesting to see how we. Have to get around that problem. There's another problem that Roland's uh, decision has created that I'm sure he, he either didn't know or didn't care that if you have a certain amount of ma- of loanees, you can't play them. And so effectively, it's not the same as <coughs> well, bolstering your squad. Back but. in the day, um, it would have been uh, a loan players from, um, or they wouldn't be loaned. They'd be sort of semi-sold from within the network. Within the network, uh, yeah. But that, that hasn't been happening. So um, yeah. obviously, he hasn't grasped the difference. Missing, uh, miss, what was that fella, the one who's really rubbish? Christoph, oh, hold on. Christoph Lepoy, yeah. How long have we got? Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised you <laughs> guessed the right one there, actually. No, because no, really, as soon as yeah. you said about getting back from, yeah. from me, I'm thinking, oh no, yeah. please no. Not Lepoy, but yeah, he was a, a perfect example of that. Right, let's have a, don't forget, we've got coming up shortly uh, our interview with Richard Wiseman, the CAA, uh, the China Athletic Supporters Trust chair. Uh, he was part of that meeting with Richard Murray yesterday, who were demanding answers. 
uh, from the director. So we'll, we'll, we'll listen to that in a few minutes' time. But let's just go through the tweets on yesterday's game, and then we'll go through the emails uh, on yesterday's game after. The first one's coming from James Moynard. Uh, says, wasn't at the game yesterday, but from the highlights, it looked decent. Good to get three goals and hit the word twice. Uh, if we get the signings in with at least one being a striker, and then they're, I think, uh, and they're decent, then I think with players coming back, we should cement the playoffs. Games against uh, other teams around playoffs are key. Need to be getting at least a point from them. Bradford and Shrewsbury will tell us a lot, in my opinion. What do you guys think? With regards to Richard Murray, I think he probably uh, does have our interest at heart, but he hasn't shown it in public, which makes people think badly of him. Uh, the dialogue was only going to be positive uh, and hopefully we can have new owners in to build for next season and hopefully sneak up through the playoffs uh, this year, which would be great. So, uh, we'll, like I said, we'll come to the Richard Murray stuff in a minute. But, he, I mean, you mentioned said that it will be fascinating to see how we get on now. Now that players are coming back against the likes of Shrewsbury, I mean, we, annoying, we should have been playing Shrewsbury this Tuesday if it wasn't for the stupid EFL trophy that's cost me my train ticket for but yeah, it would have been an interesting game. I think we would probably, you know, it's the right time to play them at the moment. I think they're in a touch of a slump. Chucked away a two-goal lead yesterday. Yeah, and, uh, you know, they've, they're not, you know, most all the clubs are going to go through it. Maybe Wigan haven't, are the only team really in our league who haven't had a slump as such. But, you know, other teams are getting beaten. But, on the other end, uh, we get an extra week off. We don't have to play midweek. They've got to play a midweek game. And so, uh, who will that benefit more? Hopefully us. Hmm. Hopefully. Uh, Ian Clement says, let's take the positives from yesterday. Three points. There's no proposed uh, fire sale. A sale is possibly in February. No cons are bid yet. Robinson is the right manager. It may change next week, uh, but let's enjoy the weekend. I mean, I mean uh, we, we sort of mentioned it perhaps over the last couple of weeks, but if you think about how Carl Robinson had been received over the last few weeks when we went through that winless streak, I mean, it's certainly turned around again now a little bit. And I've always, I've always said that when we're winning, everyone will love him. Uh, and he's he's you know waffling on, uh, and when we're losing, everyone will find it really frustrating. But it's because uh, we're winning, everyone's happy at the moment. It's true. I mean, he, he bubbles. That's what we say. You know, he, he does bubble when he's happy and he's chirpy and he's chippy. And obviously, like all of us, when when he's feeling a bit down over a situation, it shows. You know, it's quite hard to act, come out and be upbeat and positive. But if you think you're being dragged into something, you're losing players, and, you, and he's looking at worst case scenario. You know, he's lucky some players coming back now. I mean, I don't know whether with this, if we get players coming back and we get players in on loan, whether he'll look to send a few out on loan from us. I was thinking maybe Rico, possibly Carlin. I, w- I would say he'd probably keep, but yeah, maybe Carlin, Carlin and Hanlon to go back out again. So it'll be interesting to see who comes and goes in the next ten days. Mm. I've heard um, there's been a lot of things about Carl and uh, saying well he knew what he was getting into with the, the regime, and I think there's a there's a correctness in that. But I, th- I, th- I, I just think he was in a no lose situation, Carl, because um, <coughs> nobody could necessarily foresee what has happened over the last sort of um, four or five weeks or whatever it is. Uh, you know, losing Ricky Holmes and then uh, this sort of. Um, will we, won't we get sold uh, scenario that's going on at the minute. But um, it, he would have known that there would be, at some point in his uh, in his reign here, with uh, with the owners that we've got, some controversies to deal with. And that's what he's been good at in the in, in his career, certainly with MK Don. So yeah, I think he came from a club that's very existential. I think he's adequately so. prepared for, for, you know, and, and uh, for, for such things. And I think... Um, He's come out with uh, with some uh, with some credit in the yeah. last few weeks because uh, I don't I don't think yesterday necessarily, but the previous two results were were almost siege mentality wins. Uh, I don't think yesterday was, but I think the previous ones were where you know backs to the wall type wins, and, yeah. uh, uh, and that's given him a lot of credit. I think. 
thing uh, is, sorry, Milton Keynes have just sacked their manager. Yeah, Robbie Nielsen. Do you, do you think yeah. they'd be tempted to come back in for him again? <laughs> well, they've got no chance. But I'm, well, I, I, well it, it had gone sour for them, for him there. Yeah. So I was going to say, I wonder if they regret that decision now. But it had gone sour for him at the time. So who knows? Uh, Tom Wally and our very own was uh, just trying to show off these on holiday still. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. but, uh, I hope you, I hope you, I don't know, bang your head when you get the swimming pool. <laughs> Uh, right, Reese. Uh, Reese tweeted in uh, his uh, his uh, iPhone notes uh, message. A very pleasing performance and result. I thought we attacked very well and looked dangerous uh, pretty much all game. Still question marks over the defence though. Very nice to see us score more than one goal, and I feel much more comfortable about our attacking options now. Mavadidi and Fossey were superb, and great to see Mavadidi has an end product too, which we so desperately needed. Lennon was dodgy again and almost cost us at the start of the second half. McGuinness had to score that one and one too. Uh, was a poor effort and yet another game without a goal I think that's 14 he's on now from from memory uh, we really need this uh, new Polish striker to be as good uh, as it's hard uh, to see us making the top six playing one striker who can't score other than that everyone played well I think uh, so crucial that key players stay fit as a squad as squad depth is still appalling and we're only a few injuries from not filling the bench again if we get that situation again then we have no hope, and that's—I mean—that is a, a thing that I felt yesterday. Is like inj- injury crisis is just starting to ease off now, and there's still Piercy and the likes and Bauer who we haven't seen for a little while. But just I think a player like Fosu coming back and Solly now, I just feel like we're getting it's getting a bit closer, and and, the, and it's easing off a bit, and that's going to help us massively. No question about it. But we do need one or two of those three centre halves back that uh, that are currently out. Piercy, obviously, Pe- uh, Patrick Bauer, even though we saw, you know, you can't really now. Uh, I know that um, generally speaking, it looks like we've got quite a strong squad now. But um, in in that net, whereas before we said, "Oh, we're comfortable at centre half." If either, uh, well, if Ezri gets sold <laughs> or gets injured, then we've only got one centre half fit. Hmm. Uh, right. Let's have a, another look at the tweets. Uh, Frank said uh, a great win yesterday. Second half was very good, and Arriba was my man of the match. On the way out, there seemed to be more fans queuing up for the free pint than there were <laughs> in the ground. Just so in case anyone hasn't actually got that reference, by the way. So um, in in crossbars, it's been all, it's been it's not quite all season, but since yeah, at least for three months now, they've been saying that if uh, if we if we win a home game and score three goals uh, during that home game, then they're, they're going to give out the first five hundred people. Uh, in crossbars, get a free pint. Now, uh, I mean, my, I often meet my other half in there after the game, so she goes there after full time. I'm still working, uh, and normally it's not problems getting there. She said, "Yes, there was a massive queue." <laughs> uh, normally, it's not 500 people in there, but I think uh, yesterday, uh, I mean, I, even I managed to get a free pint by the time I turned up. One of my mates. I'll so tell you what, if they were watching there. the game with Tariq Fosu coming back, Steffi Mabadidi in the side, we're just signing another winger and a striker, they'll be absolutely pooing themselves over the, for the remainder well, you, of the Yeah, season, we'll come they? in next time and it'll be like three po- three points and you get a mm, half <laughs> <laughs> shot, shot glass. Yeah. It was Heineken though, so it didn't taste very nice. But free beer is free beer. Uh, <laughs> right, uh, let's, uh, I think it's time we should have a listen to our interview uh, with the Charlton Athletic Supporters Trust. We've still got plenty of emails and stuff which we'll come to after the, uh, the, the interview, but I know a lot of you guys uh, on tenterhooks to hear what Richard Wiseman had to say. He's the uh, uh, the chair of the Charlton Athletic Supporters Trust. Now, as we know, uh, the coalition against Roland du Châtelet, the protest group, announced uh, at the beginning of last week that they were going to have a rally before yesterday's game in order to demand answers from Richard Murray, the only director uh, sort of left at the club, really, based in England. Uh, because fans had plenty of worries about the 
takeover, the transfer situation, uh, a potential fire sale of players because uh, your asset stripping, whatever people want to call it. So people have plenty of worries now. Uh, when Card released that statement, Richard Murray decided to act before. Uh, the uh, the rally took you know needed to take place, so he, he sort of nipped that in the bud and said it will, it will come down and have a sit down with the supporters trust. The supporters trust are part of Card. Uh, they've been very vocal in their uh, unhappiness at how the the club has been run over the last few years. Uh, but Richard Murray agreed to sit down with uh, with, with a couple of them, including uh, Richard Wiseman, who we're about to hear from here, to try and just have some open discussions, basically. Uh, and Richard Wiseman, I, I caught up with him uh, on the phone earlier to find out what happened in that meeting. contacted us um, middle of last week um, seemed to me to be a very sensible and positive response on his part and you know it obviously followed the card statement which was made and the talk about the car park protest um, he approached us and um, suggested that the meeting would be a productive way to go forward and uh, we agreed and we were very pleased that um, he came to us because you know, the trust, supporters' trust relationship with Richard has been a little bit frosty over the last couple of years, as, as you can imagine. Um, and um, we, we were pleased to see that he still recognised that the supporters' trust is the appropriate um, supporters' body to communicate with genuinely, but particularly, I think, in situations like this. So that was all very good, I thought. Mm. And so the meeting happened before yesterday's game, and obviously you went in with a a list of concerns, and the first one, reading your statement about the meeting after uh, from last night, the first one was about the, how how the sale of the club is going. Obviously, it's well publicised that Renan du Chatelet is uh, trying to to sell Charlton, but it seems to be taking a sort of a while to go through, and fans are becoming a bit concerned, uh, in particular with uh, with the fact that we're in January at the moment. Yeah, I mean, we we took as our starting point approaching the meeting in general the the um, the card statement which said we need to hear from Richard Murray about the club's immediate future. Um, so we, we took the view that any news on sale process and any information about currently what's happening with player recruitment or signing clothes, etc., what were going to be at the front of people's minds. Um, so clearly we, um, we, we needed to get as much as we could from him about the sale process and as, as you see from reading the summary that we've produced he I guess gave him gave us as much as he he felt he could um, but he was very much stressing his role as not being party to negotiations um, but playing a role of um, promoting the club talking about the club um, talking it up to people who might be interested um, so that's what he said he did I think for me I didn't realise this till after the meeting, really, but what was positive about that part of the discussion was that, in Richard's view, there's no doubt about the fact that Roland is going to sell the club. And uh, when I went out of the meeting, I realised that when I'd come in, you know, I had still perhaps feeling that, you know, we'd heard all about how stubborn Roland could be and how much he had plenty of money and he didn't need to sell. And he may be being completely unrealistic about what the club's value is. Um, and that, therefore... You know, it wouldn't have been out of the question for 12 months' time then still to be owning the club or to go into next season with his still as owner. Um, and Richard really clearly seemed to think that would not be the case. And although it may not happen in February, it would happen, um, you know, later this year. So for me, 
and that definitely made me leave the room with a bit more of a, of a spring in my step. Yeah, because did, did Richard mention that he felt that February seemed, seemed like a realistic target date, perhaps? No, he, he was, you know, he very much emphasised that, you know, he may be wrong. Um, so I don't think he said he didn't talk in terms of, uh, of targets. Um, he just thought it would, would be the most likely month for a conclusion of the sale. Hmm. Um, that's all. And there, and there was a, a rumor going around yesterday that that um, Rick Everett tweeted about that the, the staff may have been told there was a preferred bidder. I mean, did Richard mention anything along those lines? Um, no, I mean I wasn't aware of that when we went into the meeting. Um, and I suspect from his general approach to giving us information about what's going on and in terms of um, non-disclosure agreements and him presenting largely that he wasn't particularly in the know, but, um, you know, he, would have, um, he wouldn't have said anything particular um, about a preferred bidder. Uh, but no, that issue didn't come up, although he did say that um, his understanding was that one party was further along than another. Mm. So, with, um, with, with the fact that it is Roland's business to sell, I guess, would it, would it yes. be fair to say that Richard Murray wouldn't be the person who would know exactly what was going on and wouldn't be able to give us the, the, the best update, I guess, in that case. Exactly, exactly. I mean, that's what he was strongly stressing, yes. Yeah. Uh, also, you mentioned uh, in, in your statement that you also were asked, uh, Richard, about what he knew about the potential of a fire sale of players. I think a lot of, uh, a lot of fans have been worried about that, having seen what potentially happened at Standard Liège when Roland left there and having seen the, the exit of Ricky Holmes recently. Did he give you m- many assurances on that? Well, I mean, his view unequivocally expressed was that there was not, there was not going to be a fire sale. Um, and actually, I this morning looked up the definition of fire sale um, because it's a phrase that's been, um, you know, banded about quite a lot recently. And, and I thought well, it might be useful to be clear what it what it means. And, and it actually is a sale of goods at extremely discounted prices, typically when the seller faces bankruptcy. Um, and that the t- that it originated in reference to the sale of goods at heavy discount due to fire damage. Um, I, I think we've been using it almost instead of talking about asset stripping, because certainly it appears from the outside that what happened at Standard Age was that everything that couldn't be nailed down was sold. Hmm. Um, now, what Richard said was that he didn't think that was going to happen. Um, he recognised that, um, well, he acknowledged that the point that we made, that you know, mass sales of players obviously does affect the value of the club, and well, therefore one would assume the sale price. Um, but his his view was that Ricky Holmes going shouldn't be seen as the beginning of a of a mass clear out and a, of, of um, trying to raise as much cash as possible. Um, and he he um, he um, he was very clear that that uh, Carl was not unhappy about being able to use Ricky's wages on um, goal scorers. Um, and um, I think having seen yesterday's performance, you know, we're not absolutely short of, hmm. of creative people who can run with the ball, and etc. So that may be um, quite a pragmatic approach. Um, obviously, the, the, the discussion about Esri Concert um, was crucial, and Richard's view was that the club would prefer him not to go. Um, it would be difficult to say no, as I'm sure it was with um, Joe Gomez and Adam Lookman if uh, a wonderful offer came along for him. Um, and that if that happened, 
about a fast sale. It still didn't mean we were looking at a massive asset strip. Mm. Um, and people will take a view on that, I suppose, according to, you know, to what extent they trust Richard Murray. Mm. And were you able to raise the concern, perhaps, about the lack of permanent signings that would come in in this January? And did Richard have a view on, on that? Well, what I was very interested to find out was what, if any, influence or persuasiveness does Richard have with Roland de Châtelet? Um, and I think that would be a fascinating question. When, when Roland de Châtelet is no longer involved with the club at all, um, I, I can imagine Richard will talk a little bit more frankly about some of the discussions he's had over the years with Roland. Um, and, you know, maybe he's tried to exert influence and failed. Maybe he's tried to exert some influence in the past and, and succeeded. Um, and he wasn't going to talk about that yesterday. But what he did say was that um, if every concert was, was sold, that he, Richard, would um, forcibly try to make the argument to Roland that some of that money should be invested in permanent signing, um, and that he felt he had a reasonably good prospect of persuading him. Um, now, who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it, 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 I, I do wonder whether the statement put on the club website that said there would be no permanent signings, perhaps was ill-advised, perhaps it wasn't necessary to say that, because obviously that raised a lot of concerns. And now Richard saying, well, maybe we could persuade him. The problem will be, of course, that... Um, it could be all too late. Concert could go on the last day of the of the deadline, and um, nothing can be done. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it, it will remain to, to, to be seen what comes out of that. Now, finally, you raised the uh, uh, well, the, the absence of senior permanent staff at the club at the moment. We know we've lost uh, Katrine, uh, so we no longer have a CEO. Um, it is mentioned, of course, that David Joyce, the, finance, uh, the chief finance officer, is, is set to leave soon. Um, so you raised that point as well. Did, did, was Richard able to, uh, to give you some assurances on that one as well? Yes, I mean, he, he, I think that ties in also with his, his reasonable optimism that the thing will resolve itself in the next month. Um, he, he was very clear that, that, that the club can kick over from day, day, day to day in a reasonable manner with a slightly skeleton staff. Um, and he was clear that David Joyce would be replaced um, albeit maybe on a temporary basis. Um, so he was, he was, you know, long term, he was saying clearly this wouldn't be a way to run a football club. You know, you need to have someone with vision, planning ahead, etc., etc. But in terms of getting by day to day, it could be done. Um, <clears throat> and that he was certainly, you know, prepared to do that for a couple of months. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's been the greatest concern of supporters, of course, but, you know, uh, compared with the, the speed of the sale and the transfer window and stuff. Um, but he seemed pretty relaxed about that. Um, and obviously he does have some experience in running the club day-to-day going back a lot of years, so uh, we felt OK about that. Yeah. So overall, did uh, do, you, do you feel that, that Richard gave you sort of what you were hoping for from the meeting? Did you come out feeling more informed, maybe more positive or anything like that? Well, I've never left a meeting with Richard Murray over quite a few years now without feeling, you know, a little bit more buoyant than when I went in. And that's, you know, that's to do with the way Richard is. He has that effect. Um, we certainly came out with more information. I, I went through our what we wrote up this morning, and I, I reckon there were about 10 or 12 things which I didn't know before I went in. And I hope other child supporters will feel the same. They've got some more information. Hmm. Um, and the extent to which... People, people feel more positive as a result of it. As I say, we'll rather depend on how they see Richard and what credibility they give him. But for me, um, 
the club is going to be sold. Um, and we don't know the exact time scale, but there, there does seem to be no question that it's not going to happen. Um, and we can put our black and white scarves away and get our red and white ones out. And, uh, <laughs> There are a lot of people looking forward to that. Yeah, certainly. And um, I guess uh, some people will have said over the last four years under Roland du Châtelet that a, a lack of communication with the fans or perhaps you know, with official supporters' trusts like yourselves may have been one of the major stumbling blocks. Do you, do you think like a meeting like this with Richard Murray over the last four years might have helped to ease that? Or perhaps even if Roland du Châtelet himself had been a bit more available for the supporters' trust, would, would, would things have perhaps gone slightly smoother over the last few years? I think you can actually overstress that because how do you communicate the decision to appoint Carol Fry to come and manage Charlton Athletic? <laughs> That's a fair um, point. <laughs> you know, you can have the most smooth-tongued, um, mellifluous person to talk, to talk you through that. The fact is, you know, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, the, it's the underlying information that, that's the problem, isn't it? So, I, I, as I said earlier, um, you know, it would be fascinating to know um, what, if anything, Richard tried to say about that appointment, and, and you know a few other things that we can we can you know easily come up with. Um, so it's not all you know. Clearly, communication could have been better. Richard is very good at communication, and Katrine wasn't. Um, but um, you know, sometimes it's actually um, well, it's, it's the thing about putting lipstick on a pig, isn't it? Um, <laughs> I think any, anybody would have been pretty challenged to say, uh, well. You know, you start coming out with the old, um, oh yes, we interviewed 23 people and, um, you know, it very soon emerged that um, Luzon was the uh, best <laughs> candidate. Um, I don't know how you present that better, you know. So, so yeah, obviously, seriously, I mean, um, communication with the supporters' trust. I, I think what I would say is that um, we, we, we um, admire the, the situation of Fulham Football Club. We're in close contact with their supporters' trust. Um their trust has regular meetings with the chief executive there. They have a memorandum of understanding of how they will communicate. Um, there is a good level of trust and confidence between the two parties. Um, and it works well. And, of course, although we didn't have the formality of supporters' trusts then, of course, we've seen all that working very well at Charlton, you know, not that many years ago. So we know it, it can be well done and positively done. So I was pleased that Richard felt that it was the supporters trust he should meet you know we are by far the largest supporter organization etc etc democratically elected and constituted etc um, and i would very much hope that new owners coming in would want to um respect the traditions and um history of the club and its good history and reputation for supporter involvement and have that at the core of their new approach um and of course we wait to see who they are Chip ball, looking for the runner, Fossu, who's onside, Fossu, edge of the penalty area, can he get a shot away? He can and it's the opening goal! Tariq Fossu sprung the offside trap, gets his second goal of the season and Charlton's first of the evening and they're 1-0 up here at the Banksy Stadium.
showed until the last second a good desire and they got rewarded for it uh, so they still the whole team showed that they really want really want really want want really really want want really really want really 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 if you want to be my lover welcome back to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio never gets old yeah no <laughs> trying to trying to communicate that decision I thought I won't play it again <laughs> uh, good to hear from Richard Wiseman there of the Charlton Athletic Supporters Trust uh what, what did we learn? What did we learn, Terry? <laughs> Look, I th- I, you know, yeah, you could argue that um, you know the meeting may not have happened had it not been for Card trying to force the issue, and should that have been the case? But let's 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 draw a line in that and say, look, it was just good that we got some communication uh, from Richard Murray. Um, some people say it's too late, but uh, you know, maybe it's a case now looking forward rather than keep looking mm. back. We know that the the end is nigh. How nigh? We're not sure uh, completely. Did we get all the answers? Probably not. But I think we got more information in that uh, in that meeting with the with the trust, um, and they should be applauded for that than we've had for a long while. So in that in that sense, it's positive. Uh, if that's the way we can go forward from now, fantastic. Mm. Do you think? How, how do you think Richard Murray will position himself after any takeover? Because I guess the, the, there'll be for some fans over the last couple of years, they may have been frustrated with his role. Uh, in the current regime, for others they might not. They might look at what he achieved with the club before that and not worry about it. You know, I've mentioned many times, you know, if it wasn't for him, you know, people like him, then in my youth I wouldn't have seen us playing in the Premier League for years. Uh, so, I mean, how, how do you think he'll be seen after this? It's difficult to tell. Different when new owners come in, what they expect his role to be in the club. Really, I mean, it, like I say, it is hard because there's been, like I say, negative years. And there's been, you know, other stuff behind the scenes which he's done, which hasn't been probably as publicised as well. Um, it's like everything; you've, you're almost judged on the last thing you've done. So if there's a negative reaction, for you know, from the last couple of years, that's going to be sort of like the lasting image. Hmm. Excellent. Right. So, like I say, it's great for uh, Richard Wiseman from the Supporters Trust uh, to join us there. And Heather's got straight on the forum and say, "Louis, very grateful." But can you remind people it's only five years? Uh, sorry, five pounds for a year's membership uh, of the Supporters Trust. So, yeah, if you want to join up with them, uh, head over to the the Trust website, search for them on Google, or look for them on Twitter. Only five pounds for a year's membership, and a lot of people. Uh, uh, feel that a membership of a supporters trust is like a union in, in a way for supporters and it's uh, a very useful thing to do also had a couple of messages uh, on the forum Kiwi Valley says hello from New Zealand enjoying the show uh, the end may not be in sight but we now know there is an end uh, I hope that boys the fans that are still going to games we may just uh, go on a bit of a run now as well he says he's off to the beach after the show finishes now there's no I mean, need for that. Yeah, really. there, there is a general rule on the show that you're not allowed to mention when you're on the beach. And I've had two people in the last five minutes now because Tom Wallin's on the beach currently as well. Uh, now on, uh, now showing us his free beer he's getting on his, his all-exclusive resort somewhere. I think he's in Margate or somewhere. Yeah, um, to be, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Bob Liscombe says, it's Richard Murray, a director. I thought he'd resigned last year due to illness. Now, I, th- I think that's his official role now. I mean, he, is it acting? I'm not yeah, sure. He, I'm not quite before sure that, he was an executive. There, I, I don't know what you call it, but... I, People have, uh, he's been referred to on the club website recently as director, so that's what I've been going with uh, uh, as well. Right, let's have a look at the emails uh, that have come out of yesterday. Uh, don't forget, you still can have your say on uh, yesterday's game or on what you've just heard from Richard Wiseman there about the meeting uh, yesterday with the, uh, the the director, Richard Murray. Uh, so you can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at charltonlive, uh, or you can uh, leave a message on the Charlton Live forum. 
uh, where there's a, a thread uh, for tonight's show. Chris Davin is always the first one in. Uh, and uh, thanks for your email, Chris. This is what you had to say. So, so I ventured down to the valley and I witnessed a win. I'll take three points all day long, but I'm a bit sick of all this adulation of Carl Robinson. Uh, we are in a pub league with an awful owner. We could have bought our way out of this league, but sadly, Roland has turned out to be tight when it comes to player spending. Saying that our squad is bigger and better than all Bar Wigan and Blackburn uh, in this league. Uh, three wins on the spin is an achievement, but come on, Oldenbury and Walsall are hardly the toughest fixtures you could get. First half, we were pretty woeful, passing around, getting nowhere. Amos had as many touches as anyone. Second half, we came alive in the last 15 minutes, coinciding with Fosu coming on uh, and the once again completely anonymous Reeves going off. We created chances in that last 15 minutes, uh, enough to win four or five games. Got to feel for Big Josh, clean through. Uh, one on one, and you knew he would miss. Aribo is quality. The same Aribo who played well last season fell out of favour this season with Robinson, uh, saying he would loan him out before the injury crisis. Aribo has to start for me, but he's, twi he's twice the player that Reeves is. Uh, we're doing okay, but all this Robinson is amazing. How he's handled the sale rumours, etc., blah, 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 is complete nonsense. I think it's a generation thing. Youngsters love all the corny uh, rhetoric. Uh, us old timers don't. I mean, tell you, you're the oldest person I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, are, are you a fan of Carl? I, I've got the impression that from from Chris's emails over the the weeks, he's not. And I I, I can see while Carl's you know, rhetoric or speaking a lot does can rub people up the wrong I'm, way. I'm but, certain that's true. Yeah. And it may be a case of um, the fact that uh, we see him a lot more than than anybody you know than the normal fans, let's say. Uh, and uh, we um, we see him when he's off. Uh, and talk to him when he's off air. It's very <laughs> difficult to dislike Carl. Yeah. Very difficult because he is quite an infectious character in that respect. Mm. Um, and I think, look, if we were if we were a uh, a stable in a stable position as a club, then maybe Carl Robinson wouldn't have been the choice. Uh, certainly, probably wouldn't have been my choice either. Mm. But I think in the position we're in uh, and where we've been in the last what four years, I think uh, I've, you know. I think he's he's almost perfect for the role uh, in some ways, and I say, I say in some ways because that's what he always says. <laughs> yeah, he does uh, say something say in some lot, ways a lot, um, and he also says, and that's as truthful as I can be as well. So, <laughs> that a lot as well. so yeah, I can understand he, he, he splits opinions. Um, some people think he talks too much, and I get that. But at the end of the day, uh, and the thing about the public, you know, we've been in this public for a number of years over the uh, of the fifty odd off point chart, and so mm. uh, it's everything's relative. You just got to get out of here. When you're out of this league, then you can start concentrating on, on maybe improving uh, your lot and the playing staff, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But you know, in some ways, you've got to uh, you've got to bring in um, journeyman players. You know, and, and you know that's what Chris Powell did. Chris Powell brought in people that people didn't expect uh, and clicked as a team. You know mm. that that he probably knew for sure wouldn't survive in the championship, but you've got, just got to get out of this division. Interesting to see how Pally gets on if he does indeed go to South End, by the way, which is what, what, what seems to be the rumour over the last uh, the last few weeks. Uh, I mean, uh, Chris mentioned in his email there he, he referred to the anonymous uh, Ben Reeves. Mark, your, your view on that? You, yeah. Is he anonymous? Reeves isn't. He's <coughs> is, is, is not my first choice. He's not um, a winger either. <laughs> no, but he did a really lovely turn on the um, touchline yesterday and drove in. I think it's what I notice about him most is that if he gets the ball, he, his first reaction is literally to do that 360 degree turn with it at all times, and you're thinking, no, look, you've got the ball, you're facing the right way, just just go with it. You don't need to keep doing that. Um, have we seen? We haven't seen the best of him. Um, I'd like him to put himself about a bit more. I, I don't know. I, I find it hard to mount a defence of Ben Reeves because I'm not just a great. I'm not a fan. 
I think um, until he plays in uh, the position he's supposed to play in, which I'm pretty sure was was a sort of number ten or a, or sitting in that sort of midfield role, mm. until he plays there regularly, it's difficult to to comment. He's, he's definitely not. He hasn't got the pace for him. He doesn't get back to as I mentioned earlier backtrack. So I think um, he was playing in that position because we had, we had nobody else. Mm. I think with Tariq Fosu fit, he'll be on the bench. But if you've got everyone fit, I'm gonna say you know he's, he's a be, bench player yeah. at best. Interesting. Yeah, I mean he certainly it was like. A, the thrill of the chase throughout the summer when we were waiting to sign him as well. And I was, uh, uh, when he turned up at the Ipswich friendly, I was on holiday, but someone DM, uh, messaged me a photo of him at the game. I was oh, he's there and put it out and everyone got excited and it's taken him forever to get fit. And, you know, he's put in a couple of decent performances recently. Well, at Blackburn, he was our, yeah. our man of the match. And uh, I don't know if he was too shabby at Berry last I week. Agree. He looked quite tidy as well. So, you know, perhaps we're still waiting to see the, the Ben Reeves that we were really hoping to see. I mean, uh, he scored a few goals in his first few appearances. Obviously, they're all you know cup games and whatnot. But I, well, we I, picked up two players of a season in the summer. Mm. We picked up Marshall. Yeah. We picked up Reeves, who were both who won player of the season with their club previous. And you got to think yourself, you know, neither one, either of those players has shown us why they. But is that, that because of the constraints put on them when they're actually in the side? You know, Ben, as I said earlier, Marshall, Mark Marshall, sorry, uh, has got to backtrack and cover Chris Ollie a lot, so he isn't going forward as much as he was before. Ben Reeves. Hasn't played in his natural position, I don't think, often enough to to get, to, to to warrant a a, um, a genuine assessment of how he is. So maybe just coming into the this club at the moment, um, it's tough to, to 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 hit the ground running uh, when you're asked to do something that maybe you're not uh, you're not conditioned to doing. True, but you probably think well, we got these players because of what they've done in the positions they were, mm-hmm. and then you say, "Well, we want you to do something else." It seems a bit. After thinking, so hold on a minute, I'm not that but really again, that Injuries strength. might dictate that, though. True, yeah. Uh, Mendonca's right first actually just tweeted in in, in uh, response to Chris's email. Says, I don't understand people not liking Robinson. Uh, Robinson, his passion shines through and it's getting through to the players as well. And, and I'm not uh, one of the younger uh, generation. Also, I mean, I, I do feel like perhaps Chris is slightly one of a minority just in case of not liking Robinson too much I mean there, there are people out there who don't but I just look, looking at the forums and tweets and stuff yes sir, I do get the impression he's reasonably popular and a lot of people are saying that he's done a good job in the, especially in the circumstances that we've had over the last few weeks and like I say I mean me and Terry might be clouded because like I say we, we get to interact with him before interviews and stuff and he is he is quite an affable chap uh, and quite a funny guy but at the same time you know I I'm still going to judge him on results on the pitch, even if I do like him as a bloke. And results on the pitch are, you know, pretty much where we should be at the moment. And I'm, I'm enjoying well, that. Well, I probably sit somewhere between you and Terry, in sort of like age-wise and watching Charlton-wise. You know, because it's like 35 years I've seen us. So yeah. I think yourself mostly that was Kirbishley and Lenny Lawrence. You know, who you think yourself in this day and age, those kind of managers really you don't find any more the thinkers. You know, Robinson, I think he's a uh, He's um oh he's a reactionary. Yeah. So you ask him a question, and he'll he'll generally come out and give try and give you the most genuine answer he could, as opposed to some spiel where if you look in the, the microcosm, which is the Premiership, and the questions they're asking some of those managers, and that like intimate questioning, and you think to yourself you're not getting the right answers from those managers. They're giving you the same old. Robinson, I think, is speaking from the heart. I think didn't he say? I'm trying to think where where he said it, but didn't he say the other day when somebody asked him about takeover rumours and that? Didn't he say, "Well, they're probably not telling me now because they know I tell you." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was on that on first day's press conference. Yeah. He said that. We're also actually having a, 
uh, just to show how wary he is of, of certain things. We were having a laugh yesterday before the interview about the queue for the three points <laughs> in, in crossbars because, like I said, we, we were talking about it just before it, we went on air. And I said, oh, my other half said there's a massive queue up there. And he's like, yeah, it sounds about right. <laughs> so I would have liked it at 3 1 up if someone had just leant across from behind him and given him a cup, cup of, of tea. tea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like you said it very right. Steve Catley uh, emailed in Hi, chaps. I don't have a problem uh, with the passing about the back. Uh, passing about thing to tire the opposition out but when the opposition really are sitting off by 30 yards or more and aren't coming out at all the passing across the back four does become frustration frustrating Uh, movement ahead then causes the opponents the problem Uh, and a few times first half that movement just wasn't there it was still though it was a great second half performance Uh, Fosu, Mavadidi, Aribo and Marshall all just want to run at the defence which causes a bit of panic especially at this level Steve uh, that's from Steve Catley, thanks for you, man. That's, that is a good point. That's I a mean, genuine point. The, well. fact, the yeah. fact that we can run at players when, when we have tied them out. And, and like I say, maybe, uh, I mean, Carl even said it in his interview, he felt we perhaps did it too much too yesterday. Much, yeah. But that is why we do it. Uh, and, and then, so that's when tired legs come into play and you've got Fossey coming off the bench. I mean, imagine if you knackered yourself out against the likes of Mark Marshall and Aribo running at you. All of a sudden, we're bringing on Fossey, who's like a steam train running at you with, with so much finesse as well. Uh, that's not what a tired defender uh, wants to see. Uh, Seb Lewis says, I, w- I said yesterday on Facebook that if Carl takes us up this season, given the circumstances, he will need to be given a new contract. But I think that'd That's be- not going to happen, is it? Because it depends who uh, um, takes us over. I mean, <clears throat> isn't it um, normally the case where new owners come in and uh, they want a clean sweep, regardless of what happens? So, uh, be inter- Actually, very interesting to see that, depending on how well we do and how that's perceived by whoever takes us over. Hmm. Uh, Kiwi Valleys joined in the debate on Carl and says, Carl Robinson's win record uh, and under under the circumstances is as good as you could hope for, isn't it? Let him gob off as long as he keeps the ragtag team focused. I don't care if his interviews are fulsome. <laughs> uh, and I agree with uh, I agree with you there, Mr. Kiwi Valley. Right, uh, uh, we had a DM from Charlton Soul says, uh, on the Richard Murray situation, says, for me, Richard Murray has been totally complicit in the demise of our club over the last four years. Saturday's meeting was a PR stunt as he desperately tries to stay relevant as a regime he played an active role in uploading uh, crumbles he sells himself as Mr Charlton but he is and always has been in it for his own ego uh, when the club needed him in their hour of need he turned his back on us we'd love to see him get the boot under the new owners he chose his side he failed us uh, your views on that Mark I mean I mean it- I mean, I understand, I mean, I understand that he, put, he was one of the ones who put a lot of money to get the club back to the Valley. So in terms, if that's an ego thing, I mean, it's, yeah, I'm not sure about I, that personally. But I don't know. Obviously, having to deal with, you know, our little Belgian Fuhrer on a day-to-day... Belgian um, friend, yeah. Yeah, in a day-to-day basis, you know, it's going to be difficult for most people. And there's so much he could do at that time. You know, thinking if if he tries, he can't really walk away with the investment he's put in over all the years. Um, is it, he's the, he's the target at the moment? I think because I think when Catherine was here, she was the target because Roland wasn't here. Now she's gone, and you know, there's more people coming out and digging at him. I think he's uh, you know he's he's been subject to criticism, and I think some of it's quite right. He has you know Richard's been quiet, chosen to be quiet. Now there there may be lots of reasons for that that we don't know about. I think he has got a lot invested in this club, and I don't just mean money, by the way. I mean you know he's he's put in a lot of shift, time, uh, personal circumstances dictated that uh, uh, you know he lost stuff uh, while while he's been at this club as well. So you know I've I've got a lot of time for Richard. Had a lot of time for Richard. Um, I agree in some uh, in, with many of the comments about uh, you know uh, I don't 
I think he, he hasn't done himself any favours by staying quiet. Um, but I don't know the truth behind. I'd like to I'd like to speak to him one to one and ask mm. why. Uh, maybe he feels himself that he probably shouldn't have been. But so I think um, I'm in. The, I suppose I'm in the camp whereby for what he did before, he deserves from me at least um, an explanation as to, to to what's gone on in the last four years. Yeah. Uh, and if uh, and if he gives that, and I'm happy with it, then fine, we we move on. Mm. Um, but so I'm, I'm, you know, I'd I'd, I'd like to uh, to believe at least at the moment that um, what he's doing now is for the best interest of us. Uh, whether or not that's too late for some, I, I can understand that. Mm. But I'm giving a bit of time. Yeah. London in a geezer says he's come over all unnecessary uh, <laughs> at the uh, the mention of Lenny Lawrence, ah. uh, as I'm sure he's been a legend <laughs> but, uh, before my my days. Right, last me one, too, my friend. Uh, from Lawrence uh, Salter, he says, uh, "Hi guys, love the show as always. This football club is built on a reputation of coming strong during the periods of adversity. Uh, we showed it when we left the Valley and returned, and we're showing it again now. Roland can draw out this sale as long as he pointlessly, uh, long and pointlessly as he wishes, but he will never defeat our spirit." And that is what is winning at the moment. I believe that Carl has built uh, such a togetherness around our team that we can succeed against any team in this league. And with our strongest players coming back, I can only see more success. Um, if uh, if we add the players that I am reading about, uh, I am extremely excited for the rest of the season. Yes, they're not permanent if they carry us over the line and we're, of course, taken over. Then I can see nothing but a bright and prosperous future for Charlton Athletic. I look forward to rebuying my season ticket next season with Roland gone and taking my place in the North Upper and screaming my head off uh, once again. So thanks for that uh, message there, Salter, uh, Lawrence. Right, we're going to have a quick break here. And when we come back, uh, the last portion of the show, we'll do our player in focus, which is Joe Arrivo. Charlton Live. So welcome back to the final part of this evening's Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. Uh, it's flown by this evening, so we've got a couple more minutes though to focus uh, on Joe Arebo. Here's our player in focus this week. Uh, so 21 years uh, years of age. I've said he's scored uh, three goals in his, in the last four games here at the Valley. He scored four all season if you include his one earlier on in the campaign, which was against uh, Fulham in the EFL Trophy, uh, which uh, very annoyingly helped us get through to the next rounds, and we had to do more <laughs> of that. But we're out of it now, so no need to worry. Um, uh, quickly, disguise. I mean, we've all been impressed with what we've seen over the last few weeks. I feel. Yeah, I mean, I said at the start of the season if he wasn't going to get. Um, chosen to, you know, he was one of the players I thought would go out on loan straight away because it, you know, impressed me at the end of last season. But it seemed Carl was going to go with JFC and Cashy, and I thought Joe would suffer then. And then he came in, and he didn't look up up to speed with everything. And then he suddenly came in and he clicked, and it's been a joy to watch. And I, I think he'd be one of my first names down on the sheet if I was picking. Mm. Oh, I think he's a special player. I think uh, you know, every now and again you, we we pick somebody from uh, from the ranks. And they come and excite, and we had it with Adam Ola-Lookman, and I think uh, Joe Rubo's in that sort of. Um, I I think he's in that stature because uh, just excites me when he gets when he gets on the ball, um, and uh, and I think he's going to be a very very good player. And I, I think he suffered a little bit last season. I mean, it didn't help. I don't think when Carl came out and called him. Didn't he call him the next Patrick Vieira or something? And uh, yeah, some of those. Delhi Ali was in the mix as well. No, maybe. Yeah. So I think uh, that 
that pressure on, on somebody that young, and especially in the situation we're in, is unfair, and I think we've got to bring him in uh, as carefully as we possibly can. But he showed now, coming back in this stint, that uh, he can cope with that. Mm. But I still think he's, he's got a huge part to play this season, but I think when Jake Foster is fit again, I would imagine that uh, they'll, they'll be swapped about a bit. Yeah. Right, so I asked you guys for your opinions on our player in focus this evening, Joe Rebo. London Inner Geezer says he's way better than Reeves. Can't believe that Robertson re- uh, prefers Reeves. Uh, he was going to loan Arebo out before the injury struck. I mean, Arebo can play in that three, but he, t- he tends to be playing in the two in, in the two at the bottom of the four two three one. So that's why perhaps uh, Reeves gets in ahead of him in the other in the other position. Elliot said he's been outstanding this season. We should drop Reeves and put Arebo behind the striker. See, so, like I say, he could play there. Uh, that allows Jake Forster Cassidy to come back into central midfield, which adds another goal scoring option. And finally, Steve Catley says he's very, very good. Would be an outrage if he gets dropped for Jake Forster Cassidy, though. Another one like Mavadidi and Fossu, who gets the ball and immediately looks to go forward rather than sideways or backwards uh, and has that youthful confidence to take people on. So thanks for your messages there about Joe Rebo. Thanks for your messages throughout the show because we've run out of time here uh, on another patch Charlton Live on Sunday evening here on Maritime Radio uh, thank you all for joining in thank you to Richard Wiseman from the uh, uh, Charlton Athletic Supporters Trust uh, who, who talked to us about yesterday's meeting with Richard Murray uh, thank you to Mark Newbury for bringing in you and your quesadillas <laughs> you're welcome always uh, always a pleasure to see some quesadillas and uh, and uh, also uh, also yourself of course uh, grand old man Terry uh, for bringing nothing in at all <laughs> yeah, yeah Terry ne- next time you're going to have to step your game up and bring clearly yeah, 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 yeah. Your, your place is at risk I'll, here. I'll bring something else. Like uh, Ben Reeves, according to a lot of uh, a lot of fans <laughs> as well. All right, so this has been Charlton Live here on Marathon Radio. Hope you've enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for getting involved. We'll be back on Thursday evening with the big match preview. See you later. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.